0: Welcome, welcome in everybody to another week here on the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices in all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The shows on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today we got to talk about what happened over the weekend. I think it was on like Friday, so it was like right after the Friday show. Came Came out, So I'm a little late to this one, but Bashad Breland has officially signed with the Vikings. Don't know the full contract details yet, but we'll talk about what we do know. And we'll also talk about a couple of the guys that he pushes one rung further down the roster, Perry Nickerson and Ty Smith. Their stories of getting to the NFL and specifically to the Vikings, are both interesting in different and similar ways. We'll get to all of that as well. But first, let's talk about Bashad Breland who is veteran corner. All three of these guys are veteran corners that the the Vikings have signed in the last couple of months. But Breland is the only one with, like, sustained starting experience. The other two guys are kind of roster bubbly dudes. Bashad Breland is a starter. He started in the Super Bowl uh, for, for the Chiefs last year. Um, And the story of him coming to Minnesota was a little bit weird. It was kind of back and forth. He came for a visit and then he left without a deal, which is usually not a great sign, but it could have been that they were just like waiting for post-June money. Um, It's very interesting, though, because he wanted to go somewhere where he would start. And that was kind of what he wanted. He didn't want to come in and compete for a job or be a backup or whatever. And that I always kind of thought, OK, so that's probably not Minnesota then, right? Because Minnesota's got Patrick Peterson. They have Cam Dantzler. Uh at, at the time, they had, you know, Mike Hughes, who was still kind of a penciled in starter. They hadn't traded him away yet. But the Vikings paid him like a starter. He got a deal worth up to four million dollars. And as of this recording, I don't know the details, how much of that is incentives, though, though phrasing in all the reporting has been up to four million, which implies that some of it is incentive could be a hundred thousand dollar workout bonus it could be um you know half of it is tied up in all pro incentives or whatever don't know how much of that's guaranteed don't know how much of that's in signing bonus or anything like that we'll talk about that later if it comes up but that is more than stephen weatherly got and he's kind of penciled in as a starter right now i mean one of the rookies you know could take his job or dj want could take his job like he's not anointed with it he's still got to go through competition but right now he's like penciled in right and it's more than all but Dalvin tomlinson and patrick peterson got from this offseason free agency period so look there's some commitment there but the thing is the Breland isn't that much of a slot corner he has played some slot but he's mostly an outside corner and that is a little weird because they have Cameron Dansler, who very much earned a start in 2020, at least if you ask me, and Patrick Peterson, who is not going to be a backup for uh, eight million dollars in, in incentives. So my guess for his role is that he rotates some and Cameron Dansler and Bashad Breland. And um, there's also something with uh, Cameron Dansler has been injured. Right. And, you know, his health might be a concern. He might be just a skinny injury or prone players so you kind of have that covered I guess and in a pinch he can play inside as well he has before but not really when the team he's been playing for has had much of a say in it they've always wanted to keep him at you know outside boundary corner and that's where he plays a little bit better so outside you have a Cam Dancler, Bashad Breland and Patrick Peterson rotation you know Patrick Peterson the old guy gets to stay fresh the young guy uh, can uh, you know afford to miss a game or two with injury and you'd have a Breland and Patrick Peterson corner back room which you know it gets worse than that right Um, And inside you have Mac Alexander probably taking all the reps. Maybe he rotates with Breland a little bit. If they want Bashad Breland to take that Jeff Gladney role, Or Mac Alexander just takes all the snaps and Bashad Breland only plays inside if Mac Alexander gets hurt. Or, uh, you know, Harrison Hand plays those reps if he's good enough and Breland never has to worry about it. There's a lot of different ways this can kind of turn out. I'm sure a lot of it depends on how camp and the preseason and stuff go. Either way, however that shakes out, which, again, probably relies a lot on camp, Harrison Hand and Chris Boyd are the ones that are, like, firmly in trouble. And Harrison Hand has been playing well, and I think his 2020 tape looks pretty good, too. So if he gets that sixth spot, that would make Chris Boyd the seventh spot if you count uh, Jeff Gladney as a spot. So... Chris Boyd's going to have to outplay Perry Nickerson and Ty Smith, and that's no guarantee by by a long shot. Those guys have both made teams and so has Chris Boyd, but they've all been kind of roster bubble guys. Now, there is a current injury that I think Cam Danzler is dealing with. He was like on the sideline uh, and, and he missed a little bit of time in OTAs. after He had a personal thing and then he came back and then he missed more time. So there might be an injury thing, but uh, they were in talks with Breland long before any of that happened. They've been in talks with Breland for like weeks. So I'm not sure if it's more about that than it is about Jeff Gladney. And then they got an inside slash outside guy with that versatility to replace Jeff Gladney. Um, and, you know, we'll see if Gladney needs to be replaced for six games or a whole year or forever. We don't really know how that's going to happen. And the Vikings are waiting to see how the legal proceedings go out. And they're essentially waiting to see what the league says. If the league says exempt list forever, maybe they just, you know, cut their losses. But if Jeff Gladney is suspended, he doesn't count toward the roster. So if Gladney's out, your six corners, if it goes chalk, is Patrick Peterson, Cam Dansler, Bashad Breland, Mac Alexander, Harrison Han and Chris Boyd. If you count Gladney, that makes seven and you either cut Chris Boyd or, you know, seven cornerbacks is not unheard of. So that's also a possibility. But if you assume what is common in uh, DV scenarios, which is a six game suspension, Jeff Gladney doesn't count for six games. Chris Boyd gets that roster spot for six games or you give it to some other special team Rando um, and then Gladney comes in whenever he's off of his suspension and things kind of move forward from there. But he occupied that. Outside inside flexibility. That's the role they had Gladney play in 2020. If he's not going to be available, Bashad Breeland takes over that role pretty cleanly, I think. So there's a lot to shake out. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to be worse than we thought. And I think the Vikings have well enough insured themselves against those scenarios. Um, because right now, everything's pretty diversified. Somebody can go down and it doesn't sink the whole group. Like, say, you know, if Adam Thielen goes down or if Justin Jefferson goes down in the wide receiver group, you know, there's a lot of eggs in one basket over there. And I think that's the concern people have. Not so much a corner. And that's kind of nice. So imagine a worst case scenario where Jeff Gladney's completely excommunicated. Cam Dansler stays hurt. You know, Patrick Peterson is old. You still have a couple of good corners and maybe even Harrison Hand comes out and like breaks out with the opportunities and stuff or, uh, you know, at least makes okay depth with with chris boyd and you've got a couple other guys with like nfl rostered experience in smith and nickerson like and that's like worst case scenario that's not a great corner room but for like the worst possible thing that can happen i would imagine everybody else's worst case scenarios are a little worse than that so yeah i mean like barring a plane crash or something insane like that so the, the shot breland we'll see what the contract is actually worth um, you know, four million for a starting cornerback, obviously going to be a pretty good deal. Most deals are pretty good this time of year. So it's hard not to be pretty ho- stoked on that. Um, he's a playable player and now he's playing for the Vikings. What's not to like? And the answer to that, if you are Perry Nickerson and Ty Smith, is that it just got that much harder for you to make the 2021 Vikings roster. So we're going to talk about both of those two guys continuing our story time series. But first, now is a lovely and wonderful opportunity to bet on some of the second round NBA playoff series like the Jazz versus the Clippers. Suns Nuggets tips off Monday night tonight. If you're as you're probably listening to this, so get your bets in. Go to betonline.ag. If you don't have an account yet, no worries. It's free to set one of those up. And when you actually send money to gamble with, when you make your first deposit into your account, enter promo code LockedOn L O C K E D O N and you get a fifty percent welcome bonus. That means if your first deposit say two hundred bucks to gamble with, if you enter promo code LockedOn, that turns into three hundred bucks to gamble with. All just for choosing to gamble with your online sportsbook experts at BetOnline. So, we talked a little bit about Bashad Breland. He'll get his proper story time treatment later on in the summer. But for now, let's talk about the corners that he kind of pushes a little further out of the equation Perry Nickerson and Ty Smith. We'll start with the former. Perry Nickerson was born in New Orleans and he went to West Jefferson High, right in the heart of New Orleans. And he was like this kind of speedy, athletic, but 5'10, 170, two star recruit that only got uh, a couple of offers coming out of high school. He got one at uh, McNeese State in Lake Charles, Louisiana and Tulane, which is about a 15 minute drive from his high school and his whole fa- whole family could come watch his games and considering how much better of a uh, football program Tulane has and that you don't have to drive halfway to Houston every every weekend, easy choice to go to Tulane. And so that is where Perry Nickerson starts his uh, journey to the NFL. And it's a pretty weird journey when you are a two star recruit. He actually does what a lot of college prospects can't do a lot of what a lot of college players can't do which is start as a true freshman he gets in his very first game it's a blowout victory versus jackson state and he makes a little bit of a splash he gets like seven tackles uh he forces a fumble and then it's unclear and and kind of difficult to find information on what happened here so if any Tulane fans remember and want to share it with me I'm, I'm open but he hurt his knee and he hurt it bad and he had, I mean, it was like he needed like real reconstructive surgery. He had dead cartilage in his de- in his knee and tons of damage. Uh, Tulane staff and kind of people around him, doctors, gave him like a thirty percent chance to ever play football again. It was a really, really bad injury, like up to Teddy Bridgewater levels. Probably not that bad though. So he has to have extensive extensive surgery and rehab, and he had to have like uh, cadaver tissue put into his knee, like. Completely reconstructed at a young, young age. And a lot of people at Tulane around him were really worried that he was going to have like one really electric game and then never play for Tulane again. And actually, deciding to get the procedure that he got was kind of risky. He wanted to play again, but there's like all sorts of stuff that can go wrong with a procedure like that. But he got the surgery and he kept working and he kept rehabbing and he kept his kind of sights on getting. Back on the field. It was one of those like nothing is ever going to stop me kind of things where you just know and you're just like not gonna stop at anything. So a couple weeks into the preseason of 2014 for Tulane, he returns to the field. And his knee is even stronger. He's cutting, he's like leaping and, and batting down passes and drills. He is like absolutely good to go. His knee's probably stronger than it was before because of the nature of that procedure. So he's ready to play. And his first game back against tulsa i think it was they didn't win the game but he got a leaping red zone ind he was like back on the scene there's one particular moment during that season Tulane is playing against the university of houston which is like a huge underdog game for Tulane. houston's way favored and they were leading 31 to 24 as the clock winded down and so greg war jr quarterback for houston at the time is driving uh, the houston cougars down the field to tie the game up. They've got nine seconds on the clock. It is fourth and goal. Do or die. Need a touchdown to tie this thing up and take it into overtime. Uh, Greg Ward drops back. There's pressure. He pulls out of the pocket and he fires it into triple coverage. One of those guys being Perry Nickerson, who's jumping the route, picks the thing off at the goal line, runs about five yards down the field and then kind of slides down, realizing that he doesn't want to Marlon McCree this. And that does it. That is the moment, I think, that Perry Nickerson truly felt... Like he was back and his teammates swarm him and everything. He was back from that injury and it was truly, truly behind him. So he was playing next to a guy named Lorenzo Doss, who would end up getting drafted himself uh, when he graduated as well. And Doss held the record for interceptions as a freshman with five interceptions. By October, Perry Nickerson had six. So he was electric at Tulane and he ended up getting himself drafted in the fifth round by the New York jets. Now the jets at the time had, uh, this was the last year. This was 2018 it was the last year of Todd Bowles. And they had Buster screen who was like an eight year veteran at the time. So he was like an entrenched guy that was like going to be their slot corner. Right. And Perry Nickerson had only ever played outside at the time. Todd Bowles wants to move into the slot. So he learns that behind screen while screen, the old timer gets all of the, the, the starts but in October screen gets a concussion which means it's time to go in kid and on his very first play in the NFL uh in a game versus Detroit Perry Nickerson gets a taunting penalty and that is like his introduction to the NFL uh I think a game or two later he got torched by Adam Thielen a couple of welcome to the NFL moments but like that's how it goes you're learning slot for the first time you're a rookie in the NFL and you got to go up against Adam Thielen like that's hard so unfortunately, that was the last year of Todd Bowles, and the 2018 Jets were not good. Todd Bowles gets fired, and in comes Adam Gase and defensive coordinator Greg and Greg like most coaches who take over a team, they want to bring in their own guys, they want to bring in their own style guy, and and Perry Nickerson wasn't doing it for for that particular build of the Jets, so Perry Nickerson gets dealt to Seattle for a conditional seventh round pick, and he doesn't make the team. So he hangs out on the practice squad for a little bit in 2019, but he was ultimately waived. Uh, He was only out of a job for two days before Jacksonville needed a guy. Uh, they brought him in for one game to be depth, waived him for that, and that's kind of how it goes with a lot of these guys that are kind of in, and, uh, you know, on and off rosters. They'll show up, they'll play for like a game or two, till the real guy gets healthy, and then they get cut again. Um, but he does stay on Jacksonville's practice squad for a hot second, and then back to the active roster. Actually, ends the active roster in 2019 on Jacksonville's earnest roster. Uh, and in 2020, it's time to make the team in earnest. So he made the Jets year one. He didn't make the Seahawks year two. So he's one in one. But 2020 is the COVID offseason. And he got COVID in Jacksonville, which totally messed up the, the like momentum of his his training camp. And he gets waved on cut down days. So he's one in two on making teams. But the Packers pick him up and put him on that active roster. And he's in and out of the actual lineup. But he does actually get himself onto the field. And in October. In a Sunday night loss to Tampa Bay, you might remember, you probably watched it, it was a Sunday night game, he hurt his hamstring, and he ends up getting put on IR and the way the timing of that game worked he could have made it back he, he got uh designated to return just in time for the nfc championship game but he wasn't ready to actually play he wasn't activated to the true active roster he was just on like ir to return he could have maybe made it to the super bowl but obviously green bay didn't make it to the super bowl so that's where things end and that was just a one-year deal so he ends up hitting free agency and in may he signs with the vikings and now look his roster odds are long what with everything going on in this. This group he's probably near the bottom of that list and i think on a different team uh that he that probably wouldn't be true the vikings are deep at corner right now but he's come this far after being told he'd never play again back in 2013 and that he has done that is already really something to hang your hat on it's a good career to get into the nfl for three years out of tulane Like that is not a blue blood program. It's a fine program. But to get to the NFL for three years is already something to hang your hat on, let alone doing so after a knee injury that was supposed to derail you entirely. Like those two lane coaches were like, "Okay, who's going to play corner for us? So his path to the NFL was a little weird, not too weird. The next one's a little weirder, but you know what's not weird? Craving midnight chocolate. It happens to the best of us, even when we're trying to lose or maintain weight. So if you want to indulge that craving without falling off the wagon, why don't you give Built Bar a try? They're covered in 100% chocolate. They come in delicious flavors, like grasshopper cookies. It tastes kind of like a thin mint. Uh, They come in like... Chocolate peanut butter brownie, all sorts of decadent stuff that you totally don't feel like you should be able to indulge on if you're trying to be good, but they're low sugar, they're low calorie, they're high protein, they're high fiber, it's a protein bar and it just tastes like a candy bar, it is tricking your brain into thinking that you're satisfying that craving, but really... You don't have to be guilty at all. So head on over to BuiltBar.com, enter promo code LOCKED15. When you buy some, you can get 15% off of your next order. That's L O C K E D 1 5, all one word, promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. It's also not weird. To take good care of your car in the latest luke's car <laughs> adventure i took it in and they found a whole bunch of rusted gaskets that helped to seal off certain pipes and valves and stuff and they were rusted and they needed to be replaced and they could have charged me like 300 dollars for those parts at rockauto.com which isn't selling its own like cheaper brand it's not like a generic brand that's lower quality or anything it's all the same stuff that just comes straight from the manufacturer but the mechanic is going to upsell you for that part they got to make a profit right Rock Auto is a family company and they're looking out for you and they are also trying to find the best deal for the cheapest part and you could just buy it straight from the manufacturer so I went to rockauto.com I entered my make my year and my model and it showed me a whole bunch of options for certain kinds of gaskets for different types of stuff the thing I needed like $6 and 79 cents a pop exact same part bring it to the mechanic they do what they gotta do and they can still charge me for the labor and all that stuff but i managed to save a buck so head on over to rockauto.com and when you check out make sure you let them know that locked on sent you because if you don't the bunnies are just gonna straight up end me and leave me in a ditch somewhere they've been looking at me menacingly all day and i'm pretty worried about it rock auto amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need if you're a fan of the bachelor and the bachelorette and that whole series you might be familiar two guys named tyler cameron and matt james a couple of former football players so those two dudes grew up in raleigh north carolina playing high school football at a rival high school was eventual viking ty smith and ty smith kind of ran with the same crew and got to know those two guys and they all still remain good friends to this day ty smith went to wakefield high school he was a a, a wide receiver and a cornerback he was a two-side guy but he was a zero star recruit so he got actual like nothing except for an offer from a, a school called towson in the colonial athletic association the caa it's fcs stuff it's the same conferences like elon and james madison um, but it was pretty clear once he got to Towson that he had something more than FCS level stuff. So he started right away and he started accumulating accolades. By 2013, which was his third year, he was a total fixture and he was some like like the superstar that drove the team to the FCS National Championship versus North Dakota State, where they got absolutely wrecked, like 35 to 7, absolutely destroyed. After a similarly good senior season for Ty Smith, it's time to focus on the draft. And as he's finishing up at Towson, he oh my god gets invited to the combine. And for Towson for uh you know FCS level stuff, that is a huge deal. That's something that does not often happen from the University of Towson, and especially not for like a zero star recruit. The recruiting process missed him and he gets the chance to go prove it but it doesn't go so great. He runs a 4-6-40. He doesn't run a grade three cone, and he wants to build on it. So he sheds a little bit of weight between then and Towson's Pro Day. And at Towson's Pro Day, with guys like John Harbaugh and a lot of people kind of in tow, seeing what's going to happen with this kid, he notches a 4-5-1. And he ends up getting himself drafted by Seattle in the fifth round. So his rookie year is a redshirt more or less. He doesn't get on the field. And in 2016, He ends up not making the Seattle Seahawks. He ends up on the the practice squad a little bit, and then he actually leaves and spends some time with Washington's practice squad, finishes out the year there, and gets a future contract with the Titans. And it's in Tennessee that, like, this already pretty improbable kind of small school kid, zero-star recruit career really takes off. Like, at this point... When you were zero star, yeah, you had a couple of good college seasons against FCS competition. You got drafted. You didn't make the team. You didn't make another team. You've been on practice squads. A lot of times, that's just curtains for the guy. The guy didn't work out. It happens. Everybody moves on. But in 2017 for the Tennessee Titans, he plays in 15 of their games. He gets in in spot duty mostly and special teams and stuff, but he's playing. He's on the active roster, and he's contributing, and he's earning the good graces of the coaches. They get uh, that was the year the Titans went to the playoffs and then fired all their coaches afterwards. But he earns his keep as like a depth piece for them and kind of makes that his pedigree instead of his pedigree being uh, a zero star recruit guy. So the following summer, unfortunately, Ty Smith has an injury of his own. He Hears his pectoral, and it holds him out all of 2018 and part of 2019. The recovery for this injury is long and arduous, and he spends all kinds of time and effort and you know blood, sweat, and tears trying to get back. And in the meantime, while he's doing his rehab, he gets a lot of extra time on his hands. And so he starts to get involved with the Nashville community, and he starts hosting youth football clinics under the moniker of simple greatness. And to put it the way he puts it, simple greatness means like heart. It's it's the greatness you can't measure. It's it's this very football guy esque concept of of like, you know, guys that just have that it factor and that greatness that Ty Smith is chasing is as simple as it is indistinct. But those youth football clinics are a pretty good time and they help him, you know, kind of tide him over during a fairly lengthy rehab. So quick batch back to those two bachelor guys. Thanks to their involvement with the show. There is this ABC thing called ABC Food Tours and they have and it's a program where they have their cast in various shows like, you know, bachelor contestants and stuff do uh, food bank charity work with schools around that area and whatnot. And so Ty Smith, who's still friends with both of these dudes, gets involved in that alongside all of his other youth stuff. And he's back on the field in 2019 and he's still doing charity stuff and all that and actually gets this really like kind of deep tie with the Tennessee community linked in the show notes is a great piece about what uh, more specifics about what he did there. I think it's pretty cool and worth your time to read. Um, But back to on the field, he's playing more depth stuff in 2019. He gets on the field. He gets a scoop and score that breaks a tie against the division rival Colts. He gets a couple of other pretty big plays in his spot duty and is generally pretty disruptive, earning himself another one-year deal for the 2020 season. He plays fine in 2020 as well, um, but thanks to the weird COVID offseason that we've been experiencing here in 2021 with weird cap and stuff and all these one-year deals and all that, Tennessee goes elsewhere at the corner position. They're like totally rebuilding their whole secondary right now, so the Vikings bring him in. And both he and Perry Nickerson, look, these guys have already made it way further than they usually would have, and they've already both kind of made memories in the league that are probably going to be the things that define their career Careers At this point, it's an uphill battle to make the team, but it's also playing with house money. And I think both of them have a lot to be proud of, even if the roster does not call to them. But that doesn't mean it's a guarantee. They can outplay Chris Boyd, they can outplay each other, and they can absolutely make this team. They both made NFL rosters before, and they are going to provide a pretty dynamic challenge for the guys at the bottom tier of the roster tomorrow's twitter tuesday make sure you get your questions in uh the google form link in the show notes has been fixed that works again you can also send an email to locked on Vikingspodcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can always reply to that or send me a question anytime at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter or at Locked on Vikings on Twitter. If you want to keep up with everything going on in the NBA and NHL playoffs, MLB storylines, all the major storylines throughout all of the sports, make sure you go check out the Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. Under 20 minutes every morning, they'll get you set up with everything you need. I'll see you all tomorrow and as always, skull.